You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. going on everybody welcome back to the kingdom bringer podcast episode number 84 a few weeks ago i had the privilege the honor of being the host of a four-person panel on everyday evangelism this panel was hosted at my church new life covenant church here in wichita kansas and the purpose of it was to get four people together to discuss what it looks like to be everyday evangelists, not just paid pastors, not just people on staff, not just big name evangelists like Todd White or whoever you watch on YouTube, but what it looks like to truly be a kingdom bringer, somebody who understands the power that lives inside of you and release it everywhere you go. Sound familiar? It was a great honor. It was a great privilege. And I think that you guys will not just enjoy this, but probably learn a little bit about evangelism and what it could look like for you in your life, how you could maybe step up to the plate more boldly with more confidence and be who you're called to be as a kingdom bringer. So I hope that you get something out of this. I believe you will share it with your friends. Maybe you've got people in your life that could be encouraged by this, could be motivated by this. It was fun. Great people. It was a fun time. And I think you will enjoy it as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends anywhere you're listening to it. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Maybe you're watching it on YouTube. Give us a subscription, a rating, and a review. It helps. Thank you so much. Without further ado, here is the panel on everyday evangelism. Be blessed. All right. Hey, thanks, y'all. Really? These people hustling and bustling after work and, and getting here, and yeah, so thank you all. Okay, so it's going to be an awesome, the rest of the time that we have here is just going to be amazing. I don't know if we've ever done something like this before. So that's awesome, first of all. And then the people that are about to come up here, if you don't know, we're going to have a panel, another panel night, and it's going to be in regards to evangelism. And, you know, in churchendom, it's very common to honor like pastors, and, you know, I thank you for that. You guys are wonderful people for that. But uh, sometimes we just miss, like, hey, in the Bible, it also talks about evangelists, apostles, teachers. I mean, like, all these people have a, have a place in the body. And so I am super pumped that we get to talk about evangelism tonight and put some, I would say, generals in this area and this gifting up here, and we get to hear this discussion 
So if you are on the panel, you know who you are. If you could kind of start making your way on up here. If you're a chair helper, if you could also come and help with chairs, that'd be awesome right now. So I also get the honor to uh, introduce those that are on our panel tonight. Look at these fantastic people. I'm really excited. I want to stop talking so I can listen to them. But real quick, our uh, lead, our leader here uh, for the discussion is Darren Eubanks. Darren and his family have been here for just a short while, but man, they have, have really come in quick as family and just really dearly loved. Um, Darren, he leads, he does a lot of many wonderful things. Uh, one of them is he has a podcast, Kingdom Bringer. Is saying that right? You all should check it out. I mean, shoot, at least 80-some episodes? See? So you guys, there's a lot of good content. You guys should check it out, subscribe, do all the stuff that they say to do, you know, for that kind of stuff, because it's good stuff. We've got Jake Glover, close friend of mine. I'm excited to hear stories from you, Jake. Gary Bug, oh man, can you not smile? Awesome, and then Ashley Zentz. Come on. All right, so I'm gonna stop talking. Are you good to go? Uh, I'm good. Is it good? Hi. This is awesome. I I'm excited for this. This is um. I'll be honest. I never really considered myself an evangelist. Uh, but my my mission and my heart is for the church to know the power they have inside of them to release that, which is evangelism, right? So I have a real heart for this. And uh, like Bryce said, my, my podcast is the Kingdom Bringer podcast. And I jokingly told these guys, but it's very serious too, that this is going to be a podcast episode and I have three guests. So for the, for the sake of like comfort for me, that's how this is going to flow. So I gave them a few questions ahead of time, and I actually got to meet Gary for the first time just before this, and I think, I think he fits what we're looking for tonight a little bit. He's, uh, he's, he's awesome. He's amazing. But I want to go through, if you guys share with us what evangelism means to you. We'll start with you, Ashley. The word evangelism, what does that mean to you? Okay, um, I think evangelism is just being a spokesperson for the kingdom of God. Um, and it's hard to not do that for me without sharing my testimony. So I just share my testimony of Jesus everywhere I go. It's awesome. Gary, how about you? Well, it actually has to do with cookies. <clears throat> I bake cookies every day, five days a week, and uh, at Subaru of Wichita, and it's uh, an opportunity to just, it's a way to uh, kind of break into something. I've done it many ways. Evangelism means street evangelism to me, <clears throat> to be honest. And I love that. It's, uh, it's just, ever since I was, I think, nine years old, I've not wanted to see anyone go to hell. I suspect there are many of us out there that have had that. So basically, evangelism is just telling the story that God tells through me, okay? 
So evangelism is bringing the good news. And we'll probably get into more of this a little bit later, but to build on what, what you all said and what you said is I've never really seen myself as an evangelist. But as you were talking, Darren, you know, the, the word says God is given to the church. And Bryce mentioned it a minute ago, pastor, teacher, evangelist. And so really, if you feel like you have that title of evangelist, it's for the church to then help us learn how to bring the good news. And like never wanting to see someone go to hell. And also the good news is, is sozo is complete salvation, wholeness. So I don't want to see anybody live in hell. And um, so that's, I think that's what evangelism is, is bringing the good news so people don't have to live in hell. That's good. I think it's awesome, too, that everybody has their own flavor, right? I and mean, we've got a good variety right here. I asked you earlier, do you consider yourself like marketplace evangelism is kind of what, what you represent. This guy here is like a king on stage. Street evangelism is his heart. And Ashley is a popcorn evangelist <laughs> everywhere she goes. But I think the flavor, like multi-flavor is amazing. And I think one of the things that people maybe have a, a tendency to do when it comes to evangelism is like see what they see from Todd White or see what they see from each person. They try to copy that as opposed to knowing who they are in the kingdom. And I think God wants to work through who you are. Would you agree with that? So that the next question, uh, the heart behind my personal ministry is Luke 17, 21, where Jesus explains that the kingdom of God is inside of you. And I believe that we have the privilege and the responsibility to release that kingdom everywhere we go with everybody that we come into contact with. And I want to ask you guys individually, Ashley, how do you feel about that? That what, what I just said, how does that make you feel? You agree with that? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, okay, so I remember driving in my car one day, and I, I, I remember saying to God, like, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not a teacher, because people prophesied that over me, and I'm like, Bleh. no, I am not a teacher. No, no, no. And God just hit me so hard, and he was like, when you say no, you're you're telling me I can't do it. And I'm like, I just cried and cried. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like he can do anything. Like, and I'm saying no to what he wants to do through me, whether that's like when I started recognizing that when I'm standing in line at Chipotle and one person stands out to me, that that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit in me highlighting that person to, to say something. And, and usually I don't know what to say. So I'm like, um, you were just like really highlighted to me. I just think Jesus loves you so much. Do you need prayer for anything? And I've done that. Multi That's usually how, because I, I would try to follow Todd White or Robbie Dawkins and like do what they did because I didn't know because I'd never seen it done before. You know, I mean, yeah, we see people love and I, and, and then you finally realize like, oh, that's Jesus in them. But to literally be like, gosh, you were really highlighted to me. Jesus loves you so much. I could just like feel his love for you can I pray for you? You know, and usually, and I've only had one person say no, and it was, it was a Christian. He's like, I'm good. I pray every day. And I'm like, sweet. <laughs> but usually people cry. And, and, and there was one time I didn't. And, and I, 
literally circled Walmart, like hoping. I was like, Lord, please bring him back to me because I felt so bad. I was like, I was like, I withheld God's love to him because I, because I let fear overtake me of what he may think of me when literally it usually brings people to tears that like, me, me? I'm like, yes, you. So I don't remember what the question was, but that's what I have to say. That's good. (laughs) Gary, how about you, man? The idea that the kingdom of God lives inside of you and the responsibility and the privilege that you have to release that kingdom, how does that relate to you? It's, it's, almost not, uh, it's almost not a something I can handle because when I think about it, it's overwhelming, but I know that's where my help comes from, so that takes away, just takes that away. My, uh, I often say to people, do you know that uh, you're made in God's image and likeness? And that, that uh, really is, that grabs a lot of people and say, do you know how much Jesus loves you? And I think a lot of people don't think Jesus does love them because nobody's ever told them that before. And so a lot of the, what the kingdom comes out of us, I think, in a way at the moment that we're faced with, with someone that God loves and created in his image and likeness. That's good. Jake, how about you? So the question is, uh, what? How does that, how do you feel or respond to the idea of, of having the privilege to release the kingdom that's inside of you everywhere you go? The, yeah, is I, privilege is the right word, I think. And, and like Ashley, your story speaks a lot because it's just, well, this is just who I am. And I, and I think the more that we know who we are and whose we are, that then it just comes out of us. Like, I don't, I don't have to have any gimmick or trick or thought. I just am like, well, this is, God loves me. And then you can't help but see people the way God sees them. Or you just start, and it just, it takes away all of the work of it. Because that's that's the model I had is like, okay, I you got to win souls. Which is, uh, which is not biblical at all. You know, that's a, a man-made system, and Jesus is the one who wins every soul. And and so that, like, freeing myself from that thought or that responsibility and just loving, uh, loving well and, and loving from a place of being loved is, yeah, how I'd say that. That's good. That's good. What's some advice, because I hear a lot from people, Oh, that's not me. Evangelism's not for me. I'm not an evangelist. Um, I'll save that for Todd White. I'll save that for Gary. He's passionate about it. Um, what's some advice that you might have for somebody that that feels that way? That that maybe communicates the that's not me. I don't have that, Ashley. So um, I have a couple examples just from recently. Um, um, A girl said to me the other day, she's like, I'm just learning how to, like, receive God's love, and now I'm trying to figure out how to give it. 
like, I don't even know what that looks like. And I was like, well, you just did it. Like you came around the corner and you smiled at me and you were like, hey, Ashley. I was like, I could feel Jesus through that. And so she's like, oh, that's what I do. And I'm like, yeah, you just love people. And, you know, some people may not feel it, but or see what it is, you know, recognize that it's Jesus. But like, that's a start. Um, another, for instance, Emma was at leaving a concert the other night and this girl from high school, I hadn't seen her in 20 years, messaged me or talked to her in 20 years. And she was like, um, I know your daughter has no idea who I am, but out of the thousands of people at this concert, she held the door open for me and I knew exactly who she was. And she was like, oh my gosh, I love your shirt. And she said, my sister and I walked away and we were like, oh my gosh, she was so precious. And she said to me, that is spreading the love of Jesus. Like, it's just the simple things of complimenting people, um, smiling at them, loving them well. And, um, um, oh yeah, and here's the other thing. I was, um, was talking to some guy about his story and, you know, his testimony could save lives. I mean, that's why we are to share our testimony. It's the prophecy of Jesus. Like, do it again, Lord. And he was like, well, I'm not an evangelist. And I said, yes, you are. Like, you are. it's not about being. And he even said something. I don't remember. He's like, I'm not a street evangelist. And, and I said, you don't have to be a street evangelist. You just tell people your story. And, like, then, and you're planting seeds everywhere you go. It's not up to you what they do with it. But you plant that seed, and then you pray that, it'll be watered. You know, God's the one that's going to water it, and that seed will grow. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I used to live a life without Jesus, right? And so I was possessed by the devil, to be honest, right? We all are without Jesus, right? And so now I'm like, well, Holy Spirit, possess me, you know? And like, we used to live a life for the kingdom of darkness, and now we have to live a life of Jesus. And, and, and that is just, to me, is evangelism, just literally being possessed by the Holy Spirit and um, letting him rule us rather than letting another spirit, I say Holy Spirit, come, you know, and everybody can do it. That's good. That's good. Everybody. (laughs) So Gary, you're a guy that you've had, you've had some crazy training You've got a real passion for this. Uh, what's some advice that you might have? Because somebody might look at you and say, holy cow, I'm not Gary. I'm not trained up. I'm not, I don't have the drive that you have. What's some advice you might have? Well, I actually uh, feared doing it. I wanted to do it. I just had the fear of doing it. My fear was that someone was going to ask me a question from the Bible that I couldn't answer. And that so scared me. And so I, would, I was a closet evangelist for a long time and then I decided I needed to take some training and that's really the point I want to make I think that it's good for everyone to get some training so that that goes away uh, the I took a online course I think 130 lessons and uh, I couldn't wait to get to the next lesson it made me hungry for everything and I was couldn't wait to get out on the street but to finish that 130 lessons you had to evangelize to a telemarketer, to a friend, to a family member, and let's see, there was a neighbor, and you had to do that. Those are scary, folks. Think about yourself and your neighborhood. And uh, so I, I really recommending training, 
And uh, it's, it's once you have some of those things that you're not fearful about, uh, okay, I, I can still be asked a lot of questions I don't, I can't answer, and it's okay to answer. Honestly, I don't know, but I'll ask God that, and we'll see what, what he says about that. Most people really don't, they're not as scary as you think. They're hungry, uh, and they're so glad you stopped them. Uh, one of the ways I always use the what's called the way of the master, and it's a uh, something Ray Comfort. Some of you have heard of Kirk Cameron. Well, Ray Comfort and Kirk Cameron have this. It's called the way of the master, and they use the law to break the hard heart, and they use the gospel to heal the broken heart. So that's the whole idea of, of being trained so that you really you you can do it naturally. You you still use your own natural uh, leanings and the things that the Holy Spirit is giving you, but you are ready to take them through some things. If they can understand that they really are a sinner deserving hell, if they're not a believer, then you are you're ready to tell them about the the Savior that they need, and it's there's a a relief that comes over that's beautiful and. Uh, so I guess in a short answer, I get some get some understanding, get some training, and uh, that'll help you just to take the edge off of your fears. Wow. So the ha, have you ever given a gift to someone and they didn't do anything with it? And that's I mean evangelism is a gift. And it's called the gift of evangelism. And so it's not, and, and it's, it's everyone has it. Everyone has this gift. It's already been given to you. Um, so when you say yes to Jesus, you have the gift of evangelism, just like you have, um, you know, the gift of um, faith. You have the gift of, like, there's all these things that are gifts. And so really it's up to us. You can't, ref you don't have an option to get the gift, like it can come to you and you may not want it, or you can refuse to open it. You can refuse to read the instructions. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I'm never going to use that thing. Um, but you already have it. So it's not a question of, do you have it or not? You have it. Um, but then the other thought is, and it's been expressed already here, how could, a, how could a God of the universe make a trillion stars? How could he make so many different species of fungi? How, how is it that every person has a unique fingerprint or a very specific, unique genetic code, a DNA, and yet evangelism is supposed to be one size fits all? Like how, that's just not who he is. And so you have it, and you are you, and so you, as an evangelist, is going to look your way. And just because you see Billy Graham do it one way or Todd White do it another way, you just got to figure out your way of what evangelism is. That's good. I like that a lot. And one thing, too, it's like, you know, people could say, evangelism, that's not me. Correct. Like, Jesus is the evangelist, right? And if he's in me... He wants out. Like, he has a desire to share himself. And so I, I think, for me, one of the beautiful things is that he doesn't have to use me. 
Like he, he, he wants to, he desires to use us in the circles of influence that we have. Like he desires that he's a sovereign God who can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, but he actually chooses and desires to dwell inside of you. And he likes the flavor that comes out of that, right? Like he knows where Ashley's going to go every day. He knows the kind of places that you're going to hang out. He knows the kind of businesses that you're going to be involved in. And that's, he's, he's so okay with that, with like learning as we go. And so that goes into the next question about risk, because it is risky. Sometimes it's risky. Our reputations could be at risk. Our, you know, what people think about us, what, how we feel in public, our nerves could be at risk. I had a, a friend, you know, we've all heard that faith is spelled R-I-S-K, right? Like, and I think that we do take a step of faith whenever we're sharing Jesus with people. And the kingdom, in the kingdom, there's no pass or fail. But I think in our human minds, we think there's pass or fail sometimes. And so to kind of demystify this a little bit, I'll, I asked you guys to share some examples of, of, of times that you felt led to share with someone or step out in faith and you didn't do it for whatever reason. Ashley, you want to, you kind of did a little bit earlier, but yeah, yeah. That one specific time was at Walmart and it was during Valentine's and there was a gentleman in the high, in the aisle. And I just really felt like I was supposed to pray for him, but I was really nervous. I mean, I'd say like 99% of the time I don't do it is because of fear obviously fear of what other people will think, which is so, such a lie. Um, such a lie. And I've rec- like, that's just the devil not wanting you to love. I mean, that's all it is. And so I think I went around the aisle like five times, like, I don't know what to say. What am I going to say? You know, and finally he was gone. And then I was just like, I just wanted to cry. I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause I really felt like, what if, what if he lost his wife last year and, you know, he's in the aisle all by himself and it's Valentine's Day and, like, God really just wanted to, like, you know, I don't, you never know what other people are going through. And so I just felt such sadness and condemnation on myself that I didn't release what Jesus wanted to release. I mean, he didn't make me feel bad, but I just felt so bad that I didn't, didn't love, get to love him through Jesus, you know, have Jesus love him through me that day. And, I drove around the parking lot and never found him. But in instances like that, I'm like, Lord, I'll never let, just give me another opportunity, Lord. And, you know, one time I remember going through the drive-thru and this girl, like, I always just felt like everybody felt like I did and everybody saw what I saw. And I'm married to my husband and he obviously doesn't see what I see or feel the way I feel. And so, you know, sometimes I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's the third time we've seen that person in the store. And he's like, what person? You know, I'm like, that's the fourth time. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I finally recognized like, Lord, you are highlighting this person to me. Like not everybody sees that way. And, or I'd be like, oh, that person looks so sad. And you know, like, it's like, what person? I don't, I don't see that. You know, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I recognize this. You're highlighting this person to me for a reason. And so when it's going through like Wendy's or something, and I just felt such sadness through the girl at the drive-thru. And I don't know, there's probably a line of cars behind me. And so I didn't stop to say anything except pay my and then and then I left but I literally pulled out of the parking lot 
went back around and came back through the drive-thru. But I sat there in the drive, I sat there like in the parking lot and I was like, Lord, what do you want to say to, to this girl? Because I knew it was a busy time. And you know, you know, I don't want to hold the line up for 10 minutes. And so I just said, Lord, what do you want to say to this girl? And he gave me a scripture. I looked it up and I was like, I mean, I have no idea what this means, but you know, I just wrote her life. I said, I just really felt like the Lord wanted to give you this word and, um, wrote it down and went through the drive-thru and said, here, I just really felt like, like this was for you today and then drove away. And so, you know, if, if you mess up, you can always go back or, you know, ask the Lord for another opportunity. But, you know, it, I think just having the confidence and knowing that they're going to feel so loved. I remember I was like a 30 year old woman. The first time somebody prayed for me, like out loud, like, let me pray for you. And I'm, and I just cried and cried. And I know that there are so many people out there like that have never had somebody ever pray for them, ever. And I'm like, I just, that remind, that stays really close in my mind about how the, that made me feel for her to stop and pray for me. And, um, and I want other people to feel loved and like that. Of course he does. You know, he all wants every, all of his children to feel that way. So, Gary, how about you? You've got a lot of experience in street ministry. What, is there ever a moment that maybe somebody was highlighted to you that you you didn't respond the way the Holy it's Spirit was? It's pretty rare, but uh, awesome. I do I do like I do like what you said. That I think they call that spotlight evangelism, where you ask God to to put a highlight on someone and to do that. I've done that, and it's a it's a really neat experience. I love that, and. Uh, we had a, I, to answer your question, I'll go back to your question. Uh, I, I struggled to think of some time when I didn't do it, but I know I didn't do it many times, and I am embarrassed to say that, but it was before I knew what, how I felt. I guess I, maybe I look like a guy that doesn't have uh, hesitations, but I do, and, uh, and I'm trying to figure out, I, I want to do it in a loving way, and uh, in a in a natural way, if I possibly can. So, I don't really have a lot of that. I my uh, a daughter and son-in-law that um, they stopped one Christmas and they said, "Let's just ask God to highlight someone. We'll go on a little shopping trip, you know." And so they went, and we each had, and we had literally God did highlight someone. And when we did that, uh, it was wonderful. But they had had a young boy in their family for a period of, I don't know, some, there might even be somebody here that knows who I'm talking about. But uh, somebody, they were looking for it, and my one daughter, all she got was, uh, what, is the, what is the candy? Uh, uh, it's not, I'm, we'll make up a name. Sprinkles or something. Anyway. Uh, she couldn't find anybody. She was going up and down the aisles, and pretty soon something broke, and candy went all over the floor. And they went around the corner, and this this young man that they had had in their home for probably a year or two at least, and uh, there he was. So God moves on us just like we are moving, thinking we're moving, letting him move through us, which is what you said tonight, those doors. But... Uh, that was a hard question for me because I tried to think and I thought, surely there's something. I was praying here saying, God, give me somebody. I didn't do that to, but that, so since I've known, since I've known, and a lot of times it's, it's just a, it's something you say, 
can I pray for you is really that's a good way to do that. I did miss a guy yesterday, come to think of it. He was getting ready to have a knee surgery. He had just finished working, I think he'd 25 years at one of the plants, and he'd been a military guy before that. And so I'm always saying to military, you know, thank you for your service. And But I let him get away until he was gone, I, and today was his surgery. And I should have said, I'll pray for you. I, I said, do you know the Lord? Uh, you know, anything, because he would have been receptive. I just didn't do it. And it might have been there was something distracted me, but sorry. Do you, do you guys understand the, the, the purpose of that? Like, I'm, I'm not trying to highlight, like, striking out and missing, but I, I feel like so many people are afraid to miss, and they're afraid to even step out because of whatever, embarrassment or whatever. And I feel like it's what we're called to do, you know? And go ahead. I would. I don't know that I have a specific story, but it's more. I feel like I miss it a lot, and I'll and and I was, as I was pondering the question. There's there's two things. One is feeling just distracted or just busy. I'm trying to get from here to there, and I don't even like. It's not until I get to the place that I'm like, oh, I probably should have been more present. <laughs> with the, you know, what was going on around me. And then the other thing is this idea of feeling overwhelmed sometimes that it's like, I could, I could stop and I could spend my whole day. Like if I'm going to go to the store and I have this mindset of, I'm going to pray for someone who's in need. I'm like, God, I just need to get eggs. You know, I mean, really, is there, is there somebody else? Like, do I have to take this whole store myself? Because you know, and so I think some of that is we can get like, we get filtered, you know, or we get like, oh, I, I can't. And, but then at the same time, though, like this, the grace, the, the truth is, I, there's probably just as many times that I have impacted somebody and I had no idea that I did it. So it's, it's kind of a false choice, you know, in some ways of like, did you miss it? Did you hit it? Because it's just like, well, I'm just... I'll just be me and, and, and learn to be obedient. Like, don't give in to fear. You know, punch fear in the face. Because if there's times where he's like, hey, you need to go do this, and I'm like, then that's that part, that's I got to push through. But if I'm, if I'm going to be down on myself because I was, like, trying to keep a record of, oh, I didn't do this one, or I should have done that one, and, oh, I didn't. And so um, just giving ourselves permission to just be our be ourselves and just yeah be obedient say yes and then let him yeah let him worry about it I think that's awesome I think one of the things that you know Jesus we said that he was the evangelist well he's also the teacher and so that's what I've I've come to realize too that I'm a student in the kingdom of God and so like everywhere I go I've got to be okay with messing up because I know that he's going to teach me something from that moment and so I feel like that for me I've had more learning lessons I think from the misses than I have from the the wins you know because it's like God did his thing you know if I if I obey God does his thing right and it really had nothing to do with me except for open vessel open door he did his thing when I miss that's usually I'm in my head I'm trying to do something I'm 
I miss something too much. And I think God's okay, too, with us just getting eggs sometimes. I mean, I think we have a mission to go to the grocery store. That's okay. Um, anything specific, Gary, I feel like you, um, I feel like you have something you can impart almost to this room. I feel like you want to. I do. <clears throat> um, I think, you know, I, I think I responded to you with an answer of something. This is actually before I had training, so you really, you know, God will give you what you need at the moment. We were, we had gone on a, we'd been sailing in, down the Virgin Islands and came back through San Juan, Puerto Rico, and walked back into the hotel. My, we had a, a couple with us, my wife and I, and uh, I could see people gathered at the front over by the lobby, and and I said, I'm going to see what's going on over there. And uh, I asked the manager, I said, what's, what's going on? He says, you speak English, come with me. And so he just took me right over there. And there was a young guy in his early 20s that was there on a, he worked for one of the airlines, and uh, he'd gotten a free trip, so he went to San Juan, Puerto Rico for a couple of days. And uh, the, he was laying on the floor, and I said, what can I do to help you? And he just grabbed my hand and he said, please don't leave me, I'm dying. I'm having a heart attack and I'm dying. And I said, I won't leave you. So they, they were bringing a gurney that, about that time and they loaded him on. He would not let go of my hand this whole entire time. And uh, so we went up through the back or the lobby of the hotel. There was a, an ambulance backed in and there was an incline from the hotel, kind of up a little bit of a hill and they loaded us in. He still got a hold of my hand, and he is scared to pieces. And they took off, but they forgot to tighten the doors, and we started to slide out of the ambulance. And uh, so I screamed, and they stopped. And when they stopped, of course, we slid back in at a rapid rate. But anyway, then we had to wait because there was a national bicycle race that night or that day. And so he is, I mean, he is really he's having horrible chest pains. And he said, on the way, he said, would you pray for me? I'm Catholic. I'm dying. And I thought, boy, well, I think, well, of course I'll pray for you. And I did pray for him. And that was what really, that was the thing I was starting to, trying to get through. The Holy Spirit really gave me the ability just to take his hand. I asked him, I said, do you, uh, do you consider yourself to be a sinner? And he said, yes. And I said, do you have a savior? And he said, yes. And I said, then you are, you're there. You, you don't have to worry about this. God will help you. And I prayed a prayer for him. And then he wanted to pray a prayer. And uh, by the time we got there, we had, my wife and I left out the, this part. We'd gone out to the, out to the beach early in the morning. And here was this guy that was, I was helping. And he was sitting at the bar drinking. And so when we got to the, the doctor's office, I guess it would have been, she comes out and, and she couldn't speak a word of English. And so we were at a pretty much disadvantage. But he had told me he was taking blood pressure medicine, I think, or something. Anyway, he, um, I had seen him drinking. So when the doctor came, there was a young girl taking English in school. So she helped us a little bit, and I said, 
he's been drinking and he's taking medicine. And when this young girl, I mean, she took him in and probably within 10 minutes he was fine. But he was dying in his mind. And so that was one I will always remember because it was, uh, I wasn't really prepared for it, but the Holy Spirit prepared me for it at the moment. So when you have a, like a, a crisis thing, you don't have time to go get training, that's for sure. But I guess my one thing is I would love to see us have some training right here. And uh, there are plenty of us that can do that, and there are probably others about out there that can do that as well. But I do think using the law for the, the people that do not know the Lord, and a lot of people think they do, and you'll say, are you, do you consider yourself to be a good person? Almost 100% people say yes, because they've never killed anyone, and they've never raped anyone, they've never done something terrible, so they think they're good. And that's when you can use the, the Ray Comfort approach is, the, is the, would you mind looking at some of the Ten Commandments to see if that's true, if you are a good person? And I've only had one person ever that didn't want me to take her any further, so you do have people that'll stop you. And... Uh, so the first question was, do you consider, do you, how many lies do you think you've ever told the Ninth Commandment? And people say, oh, too many to count. Hmm, you're a good person. Hmm? So they, anyway, that's what you're thinking. But uh, when you say, well, what do you, what do you call someone that tells a lie? And they'll say a fibber. And I said, what would you call me if, if I told you a lie? I'll call you a liar. So, so now you've got that one down and you say have you ever stolen anything even something small and they'll say mm, maybe some gum when i was a child and you know they're forgetting about cheating on their income taxes or doing whatever that's stealing in, in a sense but that the holy spirit is working on their spirit anyway and uh, the third question i usually ask them have you ever used god's name as a cuss word omg oh uh, yeah i'm trying to quit doing that that's usually the answer you get and uh, I say that the last question is, Jesus said you've, if you've been looked at a person to lust for them, you've committed adultery with them in your heart. Have you ever looked at another person with lust? Yes. Well, you've just told me that you're a liar, a thief, a blasphemer, an adulteress at heart. And uh, that's only for the Ten Commandments. There's six more pointed right at us. And so do you think you're standing before Holy God on Judgment Day? Do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? And now, the, now their conscience, and this is what you're really aiming toward. You speak to the conscience, not to the intellect, because that's a place of argument, okay? So uh, you say, do you think you'd uh, be innocent or guilty? You're standing before a holy God. They'll say guilty. And uh, you say, do you think uh, you go to heaven or hell? They always kind of give that look, and they, almost everyone will say hell. So you say, do you know that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance and trust in Jesus? And then you can use John 3.16, usually about there, and you say, and some of them must say, you, you appear to know that, and they, if they do. So then the, the thing you want to do is make sure that it's them that's repenting, not you that's repenting for them. So you say, would you want to do that right now? And if they have tears in their eyes or tears in their voice, they're pretty much ready. If they don't have tears in their eyes or tear in their voice, I usually say, would you do business with God tonight and just uh, tell him that you realize you are a sinner needing a Savior and that you want Jesus to be your Savior? 
And so that's a, a quick, uh, it takes about a minute and a half to do, so it isn't a lengthy thing, but it is a very effective thing. Now, you, you ask their permission, do you have a couple of minutes that I can ask you a question? So you're, and, and people, sometimes they're crying, sometimes they're just thanking you, and sometimes they give you a giant hug, and uh, it's, a, it's probably one of the more rewarding things that you can do, so don't hesitate to do it. That's good. I feel like there's uh, different processes that we can go through, right? To love the people around us and to, to release the kingdom around us. I know one of the opportunities we have, is it Saturday or Friday, flood the streets? Saturday morning, flood the streets. I think that's an amazing opportunity that we have to, to get around someone like a Gary or get around somebody that, that flows well, that's confident, that's bold, and, and knows who they are. And I like to say the word practice in the kingdom. I, I'm a practice kind of guy. I've, I've had some friends in the past that get on me for practicing in the kingdom, but this is a gift. This is a thing that I want to, like, fine-tune, you know? I want to be good at releasing the kingdom. And so I feel like this is an awesome opportunity to really impact our community and, and learn how to be bold. I mean, it, it really is a matter of being bold, stepping out and being bold however you want to do that. Um, yeah, that's all I got. You guys good? Anything? I do. I just wanted to share one quick story as Tiffany's coming up. So my boss, working for him for years, was a Nebuchadnezzar. I feel like this is an uh, encouragement for someone in the room. And I never, never tried going down the road that Gary just described, which is like getting like a quick, like, I mean, like in your 130 lessons in two minutes or less. But anyhow, by the t my boss was like a Nebuchadnezzar. He mocked Jesus, but he loved me. And I loved him and got to a place where for his third marriage, he asked me if I would perform his wedding. And he said, I don't go to church, but if I went to a church, I'd want to go to a church that you were like you were leading, that you would be at. And so just encouragement to you all that is just and that I knew that I had time with him. So I was, you know, but I mean, just just love well. Yeah. So good. Thank you guys so much for not only. Yeah, let's give him a hand for being who you guys are in the kingdom and the body of Christ.